Welcome to Wiregrass Daily News Sports. This is your daily look at sports in the Wiregrass and the Southeast. Dothan Wolves on 96.9, the legend producer Philip Jordan breaks the news, covers the games, and talks to experts in the Wiregrass and Southeast. And now, Philip Jordan. What's up, everybody? Welcome in to Wiregrass Daily News Sports. I am your host, Philip Jordan, the in-studio host and producer for the Wolves Football on 96.9, the legend in Dothan, Alabama, and writer for Last Word on College Football. And welcome into the Friday edition of the show. We've made it through the week. Uh, we are here. High school football on tonight, on Friday. Of course, you listen to Dothan Wolves at Baker on 96.9, the legend. Pre-game starts at 6.45. Kickoff of that 7. Jerry Coleman and Ken Lambert will be on the call, and I'll be back in studio control keeping you up to date on everything going on in the wiregrass and in the panhandle. So this is Friday. What do we do on Fridays? On Fridays, I'll be joined by Matt Lowe, a good friend. Uh, We did this last year on another show of mine. We're doing it here. Uh, We are previewing the week every Friday. Matt will be here with me. We'll be previewing the college football games for the upcoming weekend. It's a lot of fun. Uh, we've already recorded it. Uh, me and Matt went a good 35 minutes. But before I play that part of the show for you guys, let you guys know where you can find me and the podcast. Find me on social media at PJordanSEC. Podcast is available over at WiregrassDailyNews.com or wherever you get your podcast. And if you're on Apple Podcasts, please follow, rate, and review. Leave a review. I will read it on a future edition of the show. And if you leave just four stars, you are a straight-up hater. You can also email me at sports.philjordan at gmail.com. Now, here is me and Matt Lowe from Field Level Media previewing Week 5 in college football. Welcome back into this Friday edition of Wiregrass Daily News Sports. And as we'll be doing every week, we'll be previewing the upcoming week's games in college football with my good buddy, uh, Matt Lowe. Check him out over at Field Level Media. All kind of content over there. NFL, college, he's, he's got articles pumping out left and right over there. But, uh, uh, Matt, always, uh, it's good to talk to you. Good good to look forward to these college football games with you. Yeah, man, I got out to a rough start out of the gate here, so I'm hoping I can uh, get some redemption this week. So, uh, for the video audience, uh, we'll, we will flash up on the screen and I'll let everybody know what the record was last week. I tallied, uh, in the words of the gallon survivor, I tallied the votes. Uh, last week, uh, I went seven and oh, and then Matt went four and three. So, uh, do we need to, uh, so let, let, let's go over uh, what happened. Oh, uh, okay. So, Auburn and AM, you picked Auburn, I picked AM. I was tempted. I came close. We saw how that one went. Uh, we both picked Florida State. Uh, you picked Western Kentucky. I went with Troy. Uh, but I was completely motivated by favoritism, knowing us from going to school. We both picked Oregon. Call <laughs> on that one. Uh, you picked Ole Miss. I picked Alabama. And I picked them by more than 10 points, I'm just going to say. Uh, and then we both picked LSU. And we both picked South Carolina. So that's kind of how last week uh, went down. Yeah. Some wild games, too, last week, you know. And uh, yeah. the, the Oregon-Colorado, I mean, that wasn't even a game. I mean, Oregon just completely destroyed them. So, fantastic game between Arkansas and LSU, which that always seems like it's it's a good game. Once again, Arkansas 
kind of beats themselves with penalties. But uh, it was it was an interesting weekend. I think we're finding out a little bit more about what teams are and what teams aren't. I'm anxious to see. There's a good slate of games this weekend, and I think we're really going to start finding out who's who's good and who's you know average and who's not good. Yeah, uh, we are. I mean, it's like it's like Georgia. I feel like Georgia and Michigan are kind of teams on the top. People really look at as maybe the best. Um, Ohio State got a good win over Notre Dame. That was a good physical uh, football game. Of course, Florida State and you know Mike Norvell even said this week in his weekly presser, and they know they're on off week this week. That uh, despite being four zero, they haven't really played their a complete game. And you know, you think about that, he really haven't because the Florida State game, Florida State out. I mean, uh, LSU outplayed them when they played Florida State for a, a little bit of the first half, but then Florida State put it on them in the second half. We saw the piece, uh, the BC game. Florida State was up and down there, and then against Clemson, it was kind of up and down. So that's kind of I think a scary thing about the the Knowles is they haven't really put together like that that one game where they just it comes together from start to finish. Yeah, and they and they will. They'll get better as they go. You know, m- mm-hmm. most teams do. You know, and that's what you want as a fan or a coach or anything. You want to get better as, as the season goes. It's not how you start; it's how you finish. But I tell you, one team that I watch and that I'm really, really impressed with is Washington. Michael like, Penix is really good. I mean, that. I mean, we we all hear about Caleb Williams and we hear about Drake May. You know, when it comes to the NFL, Bo Nix and you know, like so many quarterbacks out there out west. Oh, uh, he's up there. I mean, you know, he was solid when he was at Indiana, but he's just taking it to a whole new level. He's developed. He's had time. He's taken his years in college to develop. And he he is he was a great quarterback at Washington. They're dangerous. Yeah, and that coaching staff they came they've come up all together through the, the what division two maybe I can't remember what, but they've all been coaching together for a while, and they are a fast pace uh, offense, buddy. And and that the receivers they got up. Uh, Romeo Adunze and, and Jalen Polk, those two guys, they're nasty, man. But, I mean, they just beat – I don't know. They really impressed me with the way they played last weekend. And I think they're going to be – I think they're in the, in the mix. Yeah, it, it feels like they kind of – you know, they're under the radar a little bit. But we'll see, you know, as we get through some of these bigger things out west and the – Pat 12 is going to be interesting. So um, we'll start off. We're going to start off with the in-state teams, and then we'll jump around the uh, the rest of the, the games we got here. We uh, we picked only seven last week. We got, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine this this time around. So we got nine here on this one. Um, and in order of time with the in-state teams, and I think we just need to go ahead and get this one out of the way, Matt. Uh, number one, Georgia, 4 uh at Auburn, who's 3-1, coming off that 27-10 loss to Texas A&M. 2-30 on CBS. Uh, Georgia's only a 14-and-a-half point favorite. So, uh, I, after watching Auburn play against A&M, it's just Auburn offensively, the passing game. You know, me and you were texting during this game. Uh, wherever they go, Peyton Thorne, indecisive. You know, I think that's something we both agreed on going into that. But Auburn's got issues with the passing game, and if they can't get that going, I just, I just don't see how they're going to score a lot of points against Georgia. No, I'll tell you what, UAB played played a good game against Georgia last weekend. Mm-hmm. I, I covered that game for field level. and uh, But, yeah, Auburn's really banged up in the secondary. Keontae Scott is out. I mean, so that's that's a big blow for them. And, and basically the entire secondary is banged up. And they had – Hugh Freeze talked about it Monday. They had guys playing at safety that, that only played a few reps all season. And that's what – that's how they kind of got burned on those two uh, touchdown passes. So, 
I don't know. Brock Bowers, he became the, just the 10th Georgia player to have 2,000 receiving yards. I think this guy, uh, he's one of the better football players I've ever seen. I mean, and, and he doesn't get the ball probably as much as he should because they have so many weapons. But Carson Beck looked great last weekend. I mean, through three touchdown passes. I, I don't see how any way uh, Auburn hangs in this game, not with the way they're going on offense right now. I mean, Auburn's defense is playing good, though. But I just I think this is going to be a route. I see it something like Georgia forty five, Auburn like seven. Yeah, I kind of see it the same way as you do. Uh, interesting thing. So I saw on on X, the uh, social media account formerly known as Twitter, uh, Brandon Zimmerman. He's a news editor for uh, ESPN SEC Network, and he tweeted this out uh, this week. In the last five games, Auburn has played against Power Five teams dating back to last year. They have not thrown over 100 yards in any of those games. 56 this past week against AM. Against Cal, they had 94. Then dating back to last year, Mississippi State 75, AM 60, and Alabama 77, which I know last year when Cadillac took over, mm-hmm. they kind of they focused a lot more on the running game. But still, that's a glaring stat that in the last five times against Power Five, they have not thrown over 100 yards. Yeah, and Peyton Thorne, I mean, he missed a couple of guys wide open. I mean, you're a college quarterback. You can't miss wide open guys. And another thing that I noticed in that game, Auburn was throwing a lot of, like, deep outs, you know, down the field. But, like, the ball was going out of bounds. Like, I don't, under, I don't understand that. And I see it in the, in the NFL some, too. Like, these receivers are lining up, like, this far from the, the boundary. You know, and you're running your route, and the corner can just kind of push you out of bounds, and there's mm-hmm. you have no chance to make a play. I mean, and and you got a guy like Rivaldo Fairweather, the six foot four, big old target, just kind of like what they did in the cow game, just kind of lofted up to him and let him jump up and catch it in bounds. It doesn't it doesn't matter if you if you're throwing. I, I just what their what their passing concepts and Freeze was talking about it was like we got to start getting better at where we we break on on routes and how we open up things within the in the route tree and stuff like that and that's and again this is all new it's a new offense to the players i mean and um but the i will say this texas a&m's defense played like i thought they should play you know i when that game we talked about it you know against miami they where was where was their defense but uh, they they got some things solved on that side of the ball, uh, or just Auburn's that bad on offense. I mean, uh, we'll find out a little bit more by A and M this weekend. But um, but yeah, I just they just I don't know what's going on. But Peyton Thorne for as starting as many games as he has, and to look that bad, it's very puzzling. Yeah, the one that sticks out to me the most is the wheel route to Jay Fair. He was absolutely wide open in the second quarter. That's a touchdown if you throw it to him Mm -hmm. and he catches it. And then, look, the game was 6-3 A&M at halftime. You you get that touchdown, I think that's a completely different game. Um, And then, uh, you know, you kind of probably regret knocking out Connor Wigman, who's now out for the year, (laughs) getting Max Johnson in there. But we'll we'll talk about them when we get to Arkansas. So, yeah. But, yeah, I'm I'm going with Georgia big here. Big win for Georgia. Uh, Troy at Georgia State. This is an interesting game in the Sun Belt. Troy at two and two, uh, and then Georgia State at four and zero. Six p.m. This is on ESPN Plus. Georgia State's only a one point favorite. This is an interesting one because Troy got back to the running game with Kamani Vidal last week. 
He had two touchdowns over 100 yards. I think I saw a stat. When he runs over 50 yards, Troy is 18-3. and three. So just getting him involved is very important. Uh, what's your thoughts on this one? I think Georgia State's a really good football team. And I think Darren Granger is, a, is an NFL-caliber prospect. Uh, big, rangy kid. He's thrown for almost 1,000 yards and seven TDs. Georgia State's averaging almost 38 points a game. And, and their, their head coach is a, is a maniac. I mean that, that guy. I Sean Elliott, yeah. I mean, he, he Sean Elliott. I mean, he's crazy, man. I mean, he's intense, and I mean, I like that though. In a coach, I mean, he he's he's passionate, you know. And I think you need that. But mm-hmm. the running back Marcus Carroll, he's a bowling ball. I mean, fifth nationally in rushing. So I I, I like Georgia State, uh, and I like him about two touchdowns. I think they're just going to be too much for Troy. Uh, uh, defensively, I I just like the way they're playing, and, and that that Granger kid. I mean, heck, this team, he was a quarterback when they almost went into Auburn, beat Auburn. Mm-hmm. So he's played a lot of football, and he's a good player. Yeah, he's got a lot of years behind him. And I know I was watching uh, Coach on Summerall talk this week, and he mentioned him, and he also yeah. talked about with Troy, like they should have scored more points against Western Kentucky than they did. He said uh, some turnovers hurt them, and then. They still had I got sacked five times. They were seven tackles for loss against them, penalties and stuff like that. So it seems like Troy's offense kind of has been shooting us up in a foot some this year. So, you know, um, as much as I want to, I'm probably going to agree with you. I'm going to go with Georgia State. I think it's a little bit closer, uh, but it's going to be tough. It, it, Troy's offense is going to have to come to play because I think you're right. It's going to be hard to stop them guys on the uh, Georgia State side. Um we get some late-night football in the SEC, Matt. We get SEC after dark because Alabama traveling to start Vegas. Uh, this is an 8 o'clock Central Time kickoff uh, on ESPN. Alabama's a 14.5-point favorite. It seems like Mississippi State kind of got back to the air raid a little bit last week, over 400 yards, uh, one touchdown for uh, for Will Rogers in that one. Alabama defense was great against Ole Miss. Uh, I'll go ahead and pick this one first. I don't see any chance Mississippi State has in this one because I think Alabama goes in there. They play their game, win like 24-7, something like that, run the ball. Miro makes a few good throws. The defense dominates. So that's kind of how I'm seeing this one. Uh, how, how do you see Does Mississippi State have a shot? Do you I think? think they do. Yeah, historically, this has sometimes been a tough game for Bama when they go on the road and start with So, And like you said, I mean, Will Rogers. Will Rogers is a good quarterback. That team is built to throw the ball. I mean, and they got to it last week. I think he had uh, – 487 yards passing last week. I mean, that's the that's the guy that I know, you know. So, I, I am with you. I think Alabama pulls it off. Uh, Alabama's defense has 13 sacks, so they're getting to the quarterback. Uh, they're playing good on that side of the ball. But their, their offense needs to step up and start scoring some more points. So, if they want to compete, you know, with Georgia to win a uh, SEC championship or even the SEC West for that matter because – when they play LSU, they're probably going to have to score points too. So, uh, but yeah, I like Alabama. I think it's going to be a tough game for them. I like Alabama. Some probably winning by a touchdown. Yeah, it's going. It's going. Going in there's tough. I mean, you're yeah. dealing with the <laughs> the cowbells are going and everything else, and going there is different than if they were coming to Tuscaloosa. That that's for sure. We'll see. Look, if they can get Will Rogers' time, we've seen teams. Remember what? T- I mean, I'm not saying Will Rogers. Is is Quinn Ewers, but still, given time, we've seen uh, what Will Rogers can do. Let's see if they can't get pressure on. If they can protect him, that's going to be the key, protecting him. But uh, they're going to have to get in a high scoring game because defensively, they gave up thirty seven 
to South Carolina um, last week and then was it 41 to LSU the week before. So if Mississippi State's going to be in this one, they're going to have to act, you know, make Alabama probably get in the shootout. Yeah, and, and, and the coach, that's supposed to be the coach's expertise, you know, and, and that's, that's just too many points, man. I mean, that's just too many. But I do – I think Rodgers, like you said, quick passes. Quick passes, try to wear down Alabama's defensive line, their big defensive line, and, and you know, maybe get a, get a turnover or two and try to hang in the game. So, I still don't – I mean, I, I would expect Arnett to put a lot of pressure on Milrow this weekend. You know what's the interesting part to me? Because I just thought about it. You remember when they played LSU? Harold Perkins gave Will Rogers issues, which he does to everybody when he's used correctly on the edge, rushing the quarterback, not in the middle as a middle linebacker. But obviously, Dallas Turner plays that role too. I'm going to mean, you know, they, they have some experience. Okay. Okay. This did not work against Harold Perkins. We need to do something different. Put somebody over there, chip him. Do, do, you know, the running backs are going to be key in that as well. Getting down, keeping Dallas Turner off of Will Rogers is probably, that's a big thing too. Yeah, and I thought uh, I thought uh, what's Bama's defense coordinator? I forgot his name. Uh, oh, Kevin Steele. Kevin Steele. Kevin Steele. I thought he called a great game last weekend. A lot of props <laughs> to him. Well, you know, Lane wasn't sure he was the guy calling the defense going in. So, what what, what is it too about Lane Kiffin when he plays Alabama? He just looks like he just curls up in a ball and just can't. I, it's it's just so weird watching his mannerisms on the sidelines when when those two teams play i mean am i, am I wrong on that yeah it, it just it feels like the best i don't know last year they lost by seven and then you know, the first year they had a out that he was there with them but yeah it just he makes some questionable calls i mean yeah yeah he goes for fourth downs and he does these things but it's like i don't know it's, lane doesn't act like lane against mm-hmm. alabama it's i don't know it's weird Hey, it, you think maybe he's hoping, okay, if if I beat Nick, I'm not going to get that job when he retires. So maybe if I just uh, let him win. Nah, I'm just, I mean, Lane wouldn't do that. But it's just, you know, I don't know. It, it is odd that how he does not seem the same against Alabama. If I was Alabama, I'd hire that Washington coach. That guy's a good coach, man. That's they're, they're, they're a, They are an impressive team. So if you, or whoever's watching, I mean, if you get a chance to watch them, check them out. Yeah, absolutely. They're uh, stay up late, but they're good. To, yeah. They're fun to watch. All right, now running through these rest of the games we talked about. Uh, number twenty-two, Florida, three and one, at four and zero, Kentucky, eleven a.m. on ESPN. Kentucky is a one-point favorite. I, going into the year, I wouldn't think that Florida would be the ranked team in this matchup, but you know, Kentucky hasn't played anybody. So, I mean, despite being four and zero, I'm. I, I kind of wrestled with this a little bit. I, I'll be honest, live, I have, I've watched highlights and stuff and clips, but I haven't watched Kentucky live yet from start to finish. So, because their schedule, I have seen Florida play. I saw them playing against Utah, saw a little bit of the Tennessee game. When they get a running game going, they're pretty good. But this yep. is, I think this is going to be a close game. I do not trust Graham Mertz in a close game. I, I, I'm just going to ride with Kentucky. I think it's going to be a very close game, probably within seven points, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to Wildcats. Yeah, and Mark Stoops is always really good at scheming up against good running teams because that that seems like that's his forte. You know, he's mm-hmm. he, he's he's a defensive minded coach. The one thing about Devin Leary at Kentucky, I mean, he's thrown he's thrown five interceptions, so that's that's something that needs to cut down a little bit. But uh, Ray Davis, a running back, is a good player, and Barry Brown, I mean, he's an outstanding kick returner, punt returner, receiver, got a lot of speed. I'm with you. I think. And what a catch by Ricky Pearsall last week, dude! 
That oh, guy, yeah. that guy is a player, man. He's an NFL player, in my opinion. Uh, he 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 was really good at Arizona when he was at Arizona State. He led them in receptions and yards and all kind of stuff. Uh, so, but yeah, I, I think Trevor Etienne's a, a good player too. And like I said, that'll be an interesting matchup with Florida's running game against Kentucky's run defense. But I'm with you. I like the fact that Kentucky's at home. And it's an early game. Those early games are kind of tricky for teams. So I, I like Kentucky. I, it's going. This is going to be a battle. I think low scoring game, something like twenty one seventeen. Yeah, that, that's kind of like where I'm. Oh, I'm at on that one too. So next up, three uh, one Texas A and M playing a uh, two and two Arkansas. Another eleven o'clock game. This is on the SEC Network. A and M's a six and a half point favorite. I feel like we're getting points in this one. Uh, of course, as I mentioned earlier, Connor Wigman, he's out for the rest of the year. Uh, so it looks like it's going to be the Max Johnson show there. He played well in the second half against Auburn. It was a completely different offense. Looked like hitting his, his brother uh, at tight end, Jake Johnson. Yeah. The receivers, Evan Stewart and Anaya Smith, they, they've got two weapons out there. We saw they were defensively. It, it just feels like, Matt, that Arkansas is, is basically the K.J. Jefferson show. As far as he can take them, as far as they go. And the defense is still not there. They were bad last year. It looked like they're bad again this year. And you mentioned the penalties earlier. Yeah, and, you know, Arkansas is one of the better teams in the country at getting to the quarterback. They they, they got a they got a good amount of sacks. But here's the thing with Arkansas. Arkansas should be 4-0. But mm-hmm. another game, another double-digit uh, penalties. They had 11 penalties last, last week for 69 yards. You cannot – have that many penalties against a good opponent. I mean, it's just period. They're uh that tight end Luke Haas, he's he's a good looking player, freshman, big kid, uh made some plays last weekend. I, I'm gonna go with Arkansas right here though. I think they pull out a I think they pull out a win here. Uh just I like the way their offense is is moving up and down the field. I still don't know how good AM is on offense yet, but I think this is gonna be a high scoring game. But I think Arkansas gets it done. I'll go something like 31 to 28. And I, I take those six and a half points. Yeah, because there'll be a lot of noise if this team goes to two and three. Yes. Yes. And like I said, they should be four and oh. They're just shooting themselves in the foot. I mean, they're scoring points, so so I I I, I again I don't I don't know how good AM is, to be honest with yeah. you. Because Max Johnson hit them two passes when basically Auburn's entire secondary was knocked out. Yeah, uh, I thought that was going to, have to go up into the stands and start recruiting uh, uh, safeties <laughs> and corners. <laughs> it was going for Auburn, and that one it it really hurts them. I've been you know kind of back on Auburn and you for bringing that up. I'm very impressed with Donovan Kaufman this year, and you can tell a difference when he's not on the field. Yep, yep. He's, he he's always around the ball. It's like you'll see him one play. He's at the line of scrimmage making a tackle, and then once again, you know he's elsewhere wherever the ball's at he's there so that was that was big too in that game so yeah we'll we'll see we'll see how good max johnson is now uh yeah. with this a and team that he's the starter they preparing for him uh going in uh the next one uh we'll see how this one goes with us uh number 23 missouri uh four and oh they'll be at vanderbilt who's two and three uh three o'clock on the sec network missouri is a 13 half point favorite you know vanderbilt a lot of attention was to them oh, i didn't even think i picked that last game i'm picking a and m i don't even think I, I if i didn't say my pick I, i'm picking a and m in that one but uh number 23 missouri at vanderbilt like i said three o'clock sec network missouri is a 13 half point favorite a lot of people are hoping vanderbilt will be a bowl team this year 
you know, they went five and seven last year, had the big wins against Kentucky and uh, who else was it? Kentucky and Florida. They beat them last year. Not the best start. They uh, had a bad start against Kentucky and then tried to make it interesting late. So I'm going to go with, I'll, I'll go ahead. So I don't forget to make my pick on this one. I, I'm going to just go with Missouri. Uh, they're playing well, especially on the offensive side of the ball. Yeah, and Vanderbilt, their bugaboo's defense. They're giving up 36 points per game. I mean, you can't give up that many points per game to be Mm-mm. one of the better teams in the SEC. So I, I, I I'm with you. I, Brady Cooks, a, a veteran quarterback, playing really well. Missouri's got a chance to move to five and zero. Could be a sleeper team in the East. You know, I, I, I don't know yet, but. Luther Burden is one of the most dynamic wideouts in America. The dude is fast yes. as lightning, fourth in the country in, in the receiving yards. And their running back, Cody Schrader, is a really good player, too. He's a bowling ball, big, strong kid. So I'm with you. I like Missouri, high scoring game. I like Missouri, though, like, like I'll say like 45 to 27, something like that. Yeah. You know what's interesting? Because, you know, AJ Swan, quarterback for Vanderbilt, I've liked what he's done. It is, you know, about a, almost a year and a half playing, but he's on seven interceptions too. That's not helping. Yeah. You, and the way their defense is, you can't do that. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, you just can't. I mean, it's kind of like what I said about Leary. I mean, Kentucky, I mean, you haven't really played anybody good yet, you know, and you just, you got to, you got to limit those turnovers. And especially when you play, when you play a team that's really close to you as far as comparison wise with talent, you know, I mean, that's, that's the difference. Penalties and turnovers are the difference in the SEC. Well, and anywhere, to be honest. But you just when you're playing against a good team, you got to limit your mistakes. Yeah, you do. And, you know, and Brady Cook is another player too. I mean, he he does well in the passing game. He does. He takes care of the ball. He's a he's a good runner too. So he's one of the guys you may just watch him. You say, okay, he's he doesn't look like he'd be a great runner, but he's he's pretty dangerous in that aspect too. Yeah, and and he's really come along as a player. Uh, he's a big kid, strong kid, tough. Uh, he he pretty much willed them to victory over Kansas State. Uh, I thought anyway. I mean, and he, he made some big plays in that game at big times, and and that's that's what you want to see, man. I mean, he could he could be creeping up on NFL scouts' radars if he keeps playing well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, obviously not a guy that you would see starting in the NFL, but a yeah. guy you can have on your roster, especially now that they're going to, you know, they're allowing them to have three quarterbacks now where that third quarterback doesn't count against your overall active day roster. Uh, of course, we saw the 49ers are pretty much, I guess, the ones that brought this rule back because you want to have somebody that can throw the ball if your two, first two go down. Yeah, and that's, hey, in that league, they go down. <laughs> I mean, we saw yes. that at Aaron Rodgers the first, what, couple minutes into the game. I mean, you spend what? How much money they spent on him? A lot. A lot, but they didn't, but they didn't spend enough on that offensive line. That was the problem. That, <laughs> yeah, and Zach Wilson's terrible. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, they need to go grab like an XFL, USFL quarterback and replace him with. Uh, they got good one. defense in that Jets team, though. They do that. They do that. Uh, so now let's go into this. is going to be a good one. I'm really looking forward to this one. Number 13, LSU, 3-1 at number 20, Ole Miss, 3-1. 5 o'clock ESPN, LSU's a two-and-a-half-point favorite. You know, Ole Miss did not do well against Alabama with the run game. Only 56 yards. And I, I'm still going to go with how I always go to Ole Miss. If you take away the run game and you make Jackson Dart beat you more times than not, he's not going to be able to to do it it's just i just feel like he has to have the running game going 
be successful. And LSU's got a good, you know, you've got a good front. And Jay Daniels, man, when that offense is on, you know, they're on with Malik Neighbors and that group at receiver. I, I'm, I'm going to go with LSU. I think they're better, but LSU's also kind of be up and down a little bit. You know, it's kind of like hit or miss with them sometimes. So it, I think it's going to be a close game. This is going to be, I think this could be a, a high scoring one too. Yeah, and LSU's defense to me—they're too talented to be, to be giving up as many points as they have. Mm-hmm. I, that's just my opinion. But but LSU's offensive line's good. Their tight ends are good. Uh, you got a guy like Perkins, which you know he affected that game last weekend. I mean, that's—he needs to be going after the quarterback. Mm-hmm. Period. And but and you know, Ole Miss. Here's the thing too about Ole Miss. It, it seems to me like if they can't run the ball. They don't really can't really get a rhythm, you know. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like it's kind of like Auburn right now. If if they can't run the ball, then it's just it doesn't work. They can't score. I mean, and and covering the Fal- the Falcons are kind of the same way. They're they're so oriented. Their their offense is so oriented around running the ball. Or if they get behind, or if they can't run it, they're in trouble. They're basically one dimensional. And when you play Alabama and when you play Georgia, teams that are built on stopping the run, it's hard to beat them because you can't throw the ball if you can't run it and use play action. It's just you're basically one-dimensional. And then you got, you know, guys that that are elite athletes coming after the quarterback, pinning their ears back. So I do think LSU needs to clean up some things on defense, but I, I, I think they're the better team here, and I think they're going to outscore Ole Miss. So I, I'll go – I think this will probably be a high-scoring game as well, but I, I like uh, LSU probably thirty-four to twenty-eight, something like that. Yeah, and the thing I think LSU's weakness defensively is their secondary. I think they're yeah. good in that front seven. They're good up front. They got Harold Perkins, like you said, he needs to become the quarterback at all times. But the secondary is the is the issue, which is weird because you know they were one of the teams with that debate who is DBU. We hadn't yep. seen that in the last few few years with LSU. So, if anything, though. Jackson Dart and the passing offense of L- of Ole Miss will have some opportunities, uh, but like you said, and Jackson Dart he does like to throw some risky passes too. That's another part of his game. Uh, I'm I'm honestly surprised he's a quarterback. I just was for sure it was going to be Spencer Sanders. I, I, that, that's just that's one of the more shocking things to me coming into the season that he's a starter, not Spencer Sanders. Yeah, and Sanders is a good player. I mean, you could at least mm-hmm. try him out against Alabama. I mean, the second half for Ole Miss was just dreadful. I mean, on on offense. So, and another thing too about LSU, and this is, might be why they give up the points that they do, because Matt House, their defensive coordinator, now he was with the Chiefs for a little while, but he's re- he's really aggressive, you know, and he he blitzes a lot. And when you blitz a lot, you know, and you get in man to man, you know, big plays can happen. You know, because if you're running with a guy downfield and, you know, and you're a man-to-man, you blitz, you know, a couple of linebackers, there's a big hole in the middle of the field. Mm-hmm. You know, or there's, or there's holes in, in, in the defense, you know. And so that might be another reason why they are giving up the points that they are. You know, and what were they doing when they were down by 14 against Alabama? They were trying to move the ball down the field. They were moving very slow. Like There was yeah. no sense of urgency with them. They were running the ball. I mean, and that's fine, but get up to the line, hurt. Not, they were they were just taking their time. I, I was watching the game with some people, and we were all like, what are they doing? Hurry up. Speed it up. I mean, you, if you, you did score. 
Yeah, I mean, it, actually, there was one of the guys there that actually brought that up. He said, "Are they trying to lose?" I mean, I, and that and that it it blows my mind. I just sometimes things in football like just blow my mind. Like, uh, for instance, the Eagles game. I know get off ten. The Eagles game Monday night. They drive all the way down the field. It's fourth and two. They don't kick a field goal. They get stopped. You know, and the the Chargers coach in the Vikings game is fourth and one. You're on your own 20-something yard line, and the analytics tell you to go. I mean, what are you thinking? But I, this analytic stuff to me, Philip, is, is more like, hey, I'm an idiot. I don't get it one bit. And if I was a, if I was an, uh, a general manager or an AD and my coach did that, I'd, I'd fire you on the spot probably. That's just the way I, I – and, and the thing with Lane, like you said with Lane, you, I mean, you're not even – you don't even look like you're even trying to get back in the game. Mm-hmm. It's like we're, yeah. we're just going to ride this out and we're going to get on the bus and go home. Yeah, Blows that's what it felt like. So we're going to deviate real quickly from the SEC. we got two more games we're going to uh, go through real quickly. Uh, number 11, Notre Dame, 4-1 coming off that Ohio State loss on Saturday night. Uh, at 17, Duke, uh, who's 4-0. This is where game day is going to be at. Duke has beaten their opponents by like 20 and a, 28 and a half points so far. Tough team. 630, uh, ABC. Notre Dame, though, is a six-point favorite. Can you imagine if Duke beats Clemson and North and Notre Dame within a month of you know of the first month basically of the season? Uh this is going this is gonna be an interesting game. Well, this is my hammer game, and I'm going with the Duke Blue Devils. I think they pulled the upset. I like the way they're playing. Second in the nation in red zone defense. Only allow five scores. Raleigh Leonard is is about, is going about to be bursted onto the scene real after this game. I think I, look, I think Notre Dame that losing that game last week the way they did, I just think that's gonna affect them a little bit. Although I think they got Sam Hartman's a great quarterback. He's third in the nation of passing. Audrey Esteem, he's leading the country in rushing. Uh, Chris Tyree is a really good receiver. But uh, one thing to watch in this game, Duke defensive end Wesley Williams, he's got two block kicks. All right. Watch, him, watch for that to happen in this game. And I think Duke, I think they went a close one, but I'm going with the Duke Blue Devils. I, they impressed me so much when they played Clemson, just how hard they played how physical they were. Jordan Waters is a bruiser at running back. So I'm going to Blue Devils and pull the upset. You ready for it? Do it to it. Not so fast, my friend. <laughs> I'm going I'm going with Notre Dame. I think after last week, I mean, man, if they get two losses back-to-back, then they know – because the thing is they're not in a the conference. They know their season from a championship standpoint is over. I mean, because you're not in a conference, you can't compete for a conference title. I'm going to go with Notre Dame. I just like, I really like Sam Hartman. Notre Dame feels different to me than what they have in the past with him at quarterback. So, uh, Duke's great. It's a great story. And I think this is going to be a close physical football game, probably like we just saw with them in Ohio State. But I'm going to go with Notre Dame on this one. So, uh, isn't that, that's a night game, right? Yeah, it no, is. That's, that's all the more reason for me to just take the blue level. <laughs> All right, let's let's close it up with this one. Uh, South Carolina two and two uh, at Tennessee three and one uh, six thirty SEC Network. Tennessee's eleven half point favorite. Probably another game we could see a lot of points. Look, I'm just gonna go ahead and call it. Tennessee's gonna be looking for revenge from last year. They're gonna be mad. They're gonna be ticked off. I think Tennessee's gonna win this one by a couple scores. 
Yeah, I think Tennessee wins a close one. I think that's a big line, though. I mean, Xavier Leggett's leading the nation in uh, reception, receiving yards, and Spitler, Spencer Rattler looks like he kind of got on track last week. But I, I think this is going to be a tight game, and I was not impressed the way Joel Milton played against Florida. And mm-hmm. I saw somewhere in big games, he throws a lot of interceptions. So he's going to have to show me something. I, I do think – I think – uh, Tennessee will lean on that J- Jaden Wright and Jabari Small combo that will get a win here. But I think it will be an entertaining game. I'm going to say something like 35 to 31 Tennessee. All righty. So that is our picks. There's two of them in here where we are opposite. That is the Notre Dame-Duke game and then the A&M-Arkansas game. So we'll see. We'll see how the standings look next week uh, when we do this. But, uh, Matt, tell everybody uh, uh, where they can check out, how they can find all your uh, your work over at Field Level Media. Yeah, I got a, a – I think the Falcons-Jaguars uh, preview was posted here not too long ago. And you can also check out my SEC previews on CBS Sports' app and their, and their on, on their website. I got the preview up for the Georgia-Auburn game up. So you can go check that out either at Field Level Media or on CBS Sports. But, yeah, and so – and I also do the um, – I, I follow the Falcons on their presser every week with uh, Arthur Smith. So really – doing a lot of stuff with them. So go check it out, philllevelmedia.com. Get all your previews, all college football, NFL, MLB. Of course, the playoffs are about to kick up in MLB. So it's about to be an exciting time for all of sports. So philllevelmedia.com. All right, everybody go uh, check it out. And uh, Matt, I appreciate you coming on once again. Uh, I look forward to doing this again next week. Hey, Philip. hopefully my record will be better this weekend. <laughs> we shall see. We shall see. All right, brother. Good to talk to you. All right, and once again, always appreciate Matt Lowe coming on the show. Uh, Like I said, he will be on uh, with us uh, every Friday here on the show. And that's going to do it for the episode. Uh, Hope everybody enjoyed that. Be back on Monday recapping the high school football games from Friday night, college football on Saturday, and all the other good stuff over the weekend. But – Remember, you can follow me on social media at P. Jordan SEC. Podcast is on Wiregrass Daily News Sports and section on WiregrassDailyNews.com. I get that tongue tied about every episode. I'm going to get there. I'm going to get there. And also, uh, wherever you like listening to podcasts, if you're on Apple Podcasts, please follow, rate, and review. Leave a review. I will read it on, on a future edition of the show. And always remember if you leave just four stars, you are a straight up hater. You can always email sports.philipjordan at gmail.com. Hope everybody has a great weekend, and I'll talk to you on Monday. Thank you for tuning in to today's Wiregrass Daily News Sports. Make sure to tune back in on Monday for more of the sports you love in the Wiregrass. Check out the podcast at wiregrassdailynews.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Continue the conversation and connect with Philip on social media at PJordanSEC.